Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, today I want to talk to you about how the kingdom of God works and how the kingdom of God works like a seed. You know, so often what we're looking for is we're looking for some super deep truth, something new, something revolutionary. But, but realize Jesus spoke to very simple people. Many of the people he were, was speaking to were illiterate. They were farmers. They were shepherds. And uh, Jesus explains how the kingdom of God works to them. And he uses parables. Now, really what a parable is, is it's like a parallel. Right? He says, here's the truth in the natural. And here it is in the spiritual. So that, it, that if you understand the natural, he says, you'll be able to understand the spiritual. Well, Jesus tells a number of parables in uh, Mark's gospel. And in the fourth chapter, he tells what he calls really the, the greatest of the parables. He says the, the parable of the sower. And he says, if you can understand this parable, he said to his disciples, you can understand all the parables. He says, but if you don't understand this one, he says, you won't understand any of them. And really, he's explaining how the kingdom of God works. In Mark 4, 26, he said this. He said, the kingdom of God is as if a man. So he's saying, here's a natural thing, what a man does. And the kingdom of God is like it. The kingdom of God is as if a man should take and scatter seed on the ground. Now, in the 14th verse, he tells us what that seed is. He says, the sower sows the seed. A different gospel explains it as it's the gospel of the kingdom. The, the seed that is sown, it's the word of God. It's the gospel of the kingdom. He says, it's as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He should sleep by night and rise by day. The seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. And the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. And when the grain ripens, immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. It's very often the way we approach God is we go to God and, and we're begging for miracles, healings, peace, joy, provision. We're looking for answers. Right? And we realize those are things that belong in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's righteousness. It's peace. It's joy in the Holy Ghost. The things that we're after are kingdom realities. They're things that we should have in the kingdom. In fact, in Colossians, it says he's delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed or translated us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Other translations say it like this. He rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom. I like that, the darkness and gloom. Jordan's translation says he sprang us from the jailhouse of darkness and turned us loose in the new world of his beloved son. So when you become a Christian, you're taken out of the kingdom, the domain, the jailhouse of darkness, and you're translated, you're placed into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of the son of his love. And I want you to remember this. Jesus' message was the kingdom. So often today, we as Christians think the message is get to heaven. But Jesus' message is the kingdom. He came preaching the kingdom of God is at hand. 
In fact, when his birth was announced in Luke chapter one, the angel Gabriel said, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Daniel, when he's explaining the dream to King Nebuchadnezzar, he says, in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to another people, and it will break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it will stand forever. Right? In other words, the kingdom of God, when it comes in its fullness, when Jesus comes back right now, the kingdom of God is here. But when Jesus returns, he will enforce the kingdom. And at that point, it says it will overthrow every other kingdom. So really, the, the salvation, Jesus' message was not, let's get you to heaven, but let's get heaven in you. He wants the kingdom of God now. He said, pray your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the sower is sowing the seed the word of God or the word of the kingdom, right? It illustrates a spiritual truth. And Jesus said, there's four types of ground that the seed of the kingdom of God falls on. One is along a path. And because there's just no, no, uh, no ability for that seed to put down its roots. And what happens, he says, is immediately Satan comes and he steals that word. He said, then there's other seed that it's sown, but it's in stony ground. He says it springs up, but it doesn't have any root. And so after a little while, when problems come, it withers and it dies. Then there's the seed that's sown, but there's weeds and there's thorns. And the weeds and the thorns, they choke that seed, that plant that begins to grow, and it produces no harvest. And then there's the good ground. And Jesus said it produces 30, 60, and even up to a hundred fold or a hundred times. God's word is a seed. Now, something could happen to a natural seed, right? But there's something about the God's word, God's seed that's different. In 1 Peter 1 and 23, it says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, even the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So God's word is incorruptible. That's seed of the word. It's in, in other words, the problem is never with the seed. The problem is never with the word. The word is incorruptible. That seed is incorruptible, right? Now, what can happen is it gets planted where there's no depth, where there's thorns, where there's weeds, where there's, it's neglected, where there's a, a lack of watering, and that seed doesn't produce. But the problem is never with the seed. The problem is with the ground or with the environment. It's not the seed, right? So all we need is obedience to and faith in the word of God, and that seed will produce. But where is it planted? It's planted in your heart. The ground represents our hearts. Right. Now, it's not like going to school. Right. When we were in school, most of us did this. Maybe, maybe you didn't, but most of us did this. Right? Uh, we didn't do uh, some of the work we were supposed to do, and we didn't pay that much attention in class. Right? But when they told us there was going to be a test, we'd cram. Right? And we would just fill our short-term memory. 
We'd cram. We might stay up most of the night trying to get everything, but we didn't learn the material. We just had it jammed in our short term memory. And the test came and we passed the test and we beat the system. Right. And you can do that in school. But here's what you can't do. You cannot beat the system of a seed. You can't do it. You can't plant today and reap tomorrow. You can't even plant today and reap in a week. It takes time for that seed to grow and to produce. So you can't plant your seed a day or a week before and expect a harvest. Spiritual things are received like a seed that's planted and that grows. A lot of people really believe the kingdom of God is like a lotto. You know, some people are lucky, they win. Some people are unlucky. It depends if God's in a good mood or if God's in a bad mood or if God likes you or doesn't like you, right? But the truth is the kingdom of God works like a seed. And the seed of the word is planted in your heart. And then your heart needs to produce. It needs to take that seed and it needs to cause that seed to grow. So what you and I do with our heart, that determines what happens to the seed. In 2 Peter chapter 1, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us things that pertain, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, but which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these we may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Notice a couple of things. First, it says he has given. We don't need to talk God into something. He's already seen our need. He's already provided for everything in Christ, but it is through the knowledge of him. In other words, that, that, that word that tells us the will of God, what Christ purchased for us, what belongs to us, that, that knowledge, that word of God has got to get sown in our hearts. And notice it says that we have exceeding great and precious promises. We can need to take God's word and sow that in our heart. So just like a plant that you put in a garden or a farmer plants in a field, there's laws that govern that seed. There's laws that govern how the seed of the word of God works. It needs to be planted in good ground. There needs to be heat. There needs to be water. There needs to be time. It needs to be unmolested. If you plant that seed and every four or five days, you go in there and you pull it up and check and see what's happening, that seed's not going to produce well. If you take a seed of a maple tree and that is planted, and you, you let it begin to grow, right? But then you decide, hey, I don't like where it is. I'm going to move it. Do you know it hinders the growth when you move it? It needs to stay unmolested. In Genesis 8, it says, while the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, they shall not cease. Now notice it says seed time and harvest. And here's how it works. The seed is planted. There's time and then there's harvest. You don't plant today and reap tomorrow. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So Paul came along and he plants the word of God. He sows the word. 
right? He says, but then Paul, excuse me, Apollos came and he watered that seed. And then God gave increase. Now, very often what happens is the word gets planted, but it never gets watered. It's never cared for, right? Seeds are powerful. Uh, I, I have seen where a little seed gets in a sidewalk crack. And that's, that seed begins to grow. And it actually moves that concrete. Right? That little seed has the potential in it to move concrete. Or even split a large rock if there's a crack and it gets in there. You know? Well, that same seed in the spiritual realm, that, that seed of the word of God, it has the potential to move sickness and depression and addiction and hopelessness. The things that we have in us, when that seed gets in and it grows, it will crack that hopelessness, that sickness, that depression, that disease, that addiction. It will crack it and it will throw it off. Right? They tell us that they have taken seeds that were found in the pyramids of the pharaohs. These seeds were 4,000 years old and they planted those seeds. And they grew. They still grew. They still had that life inside them. With everything that science can do today, they can make something that looks exactly like a seed, but it doesn't have life in it. God puts life in those seeds. And God has put life in his word, in his seed. It just needs to be planted on good ground, in good ground. There needs to be time. There needs to be moisture. There needs to be sunshine. And it will grow. Just last week, Jeannie took some seeds that we had in the garage. They were sunflower seeds that she had harvested from her own sunflowers. Uh, they were either two or three years old. And she planted them in our little sunroom in some little special little containers that she had and some seed. And literally the next day, there was just this little bitty green thing, greenish kind of red thing popping up. And it was a sunflower. In 24 hours, it had just begun to sprout just a little bit. But do you know, those things are going to grow in that room. And then she's going to take them outside in a, probably about a month. She'll take them outside. They Maybe they'll be this tall. And she'll plant them in the garden. And they'll grow. And three or four months later, we'll, she'll go down there and there'll be a harvest. It doesn't happen in a day. And the same thing is true with the word of God. It takes time. Notice Jesus said, first there's a blade, right? Then there's that stalk, and then there's an ear, and then there's the full corn or grain in the ear. There, there is a process, right? It takes time. You don't receive the full manifestation of what's planted immediately, but you keep that word watered. And most of the time, when the word of God is not producing, it's because it's not watered. It was planted, but it wasn't watered. We've got to keep watering that word. Keep watering that word. That's why every day we try to get in the word of God. That's why every day uh, we meditate on the word. That's why every time we have an opportunity, we get together physically as believers. We may not be able to physically be together right now because of the COVID-19. But we, we, when we can, we get together. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling together of the brethren as is the custom of some. Right? It's going to encourage you. It's one of the ways that that word word gets, uh, gets watered so that it grows. You know, the Bible says in Hosea that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That, that's literally saying we don't have the seed planted on our hearts. 
Now, in Luke, listen to this. This is talking about the power of the word of God. This is the angel appearing to Mary, giving her the promise that inside of her womb, the word of God is going to produce a child. He says, for nothing is ever impossible. Now, with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. No word of God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Now, literally, we can take that second phrase out. And no word of God will be without power of fulfillment. In other words, the word of God, when it's spoken, it has the power within it to produce what is spoken. In Hebrews chapter four, it says the word of God is alive. The Jordan translation says it's alive with energy. Knox translation says alive and full of energy. Moffat, it's a living thing and it's active. Right. Uh, 20th century translation says God's message is living in an active power. So God's word has within it the ability to produce what is promised or what is spoken. And there is no word that God has spoken that is impossible to be fulfilled. The power of fulfillment is in that word. Right Now, God's word, when we begin to meditate on it and we begin to do it, that's watering that word again. The word's there. We meditate on that word. It brings about success. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein, because then you'll make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. He says you receive it. You believe it, you meditate on it, you water it, you do it. And notice it says, what will happen? It says you'll have good success. You know, somebody said, what's good success? Well, good success is when your needs are met, but your family is good. Your family loves each other. You know, if, if, if you own a factory and have a, a thousand employees working for you, But your spouse doesn't want to see you and your kids won't talk to you and they hate you. That is not good success. The world may say you've had success, but that's not God's kind of success. You see, the Bible says that God's success, it adds no sorrow with it. Right. You see, when God's success comes, you know, you've got a great relationship with your spouse, with your family. You've got righteousness. You've got joy. You've got peace. You've got integrity. There's provision, right? Uh, it's not that God does not want to do those things. He's already provided those things for us. The Bible tells us, and we've read that, right? It's not that God's in a bad mood or God has favorites, right? But the truth is the seed has to be planted. Right? And so often what we want to do is we want to put everything off on God and just say, God, you just do this. You just do it. But he's saying, no, my word works like a seed that you plant in your heart and you water that seed and you keep watering that seed. And over time, that seed grows. And first there's a blade and then there's an ear and then there's the full corn in the ear. So he's saying literally that you don't get the full manifestation immediately that it grows. So let's take, for example, uh, Jesus is on the, the Mount of Transfiguration and he comes down with his disciples Now, his disciples 
have been trying to deliver a little boy. His father has brought this boy and he has some kind of seizures. And the boys were not able to help, excuse me, the disciples were not able to help this boy. And so when Jesus comes, the man runs over to Jesus and says, uh, please, he says, uh, if you can help, please have mercy on us. Your disciples couldn't help, but if you can, please have mercy. Now, listen, what, what that man did is what most people do. And they just said, look, Jesus, this is all up to you. You take care of this. But listen to what Jesus said. He said, now, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So Jesus said, look, you're trying to put this all on me, but I'm just telling you, you have to believe. It's not just up to Jesus. It's not just up to God what happens. See, when that word is planted in your heart, is your heart good ground? Is it, is it it's stony? Is it full of thorns? Is it full of rocks? Or is it good ground? Right? And the wonderful thing is that we can make our heart good. You know, in the Bible, Jesus is talking in Matthew 12. He said, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Now, he's talking about our heart. He says, you can make your heart good. You, see, you can make your heart bad. It depends on what you put in your heart. So Jesus would not take responsibility. He wouldn't say it's just all up to me. Now, what we need to do is we need to recognize we have responsibility. We need to receive that word. We need to water that word so that it will grow and it will produce. Uh, Our faith matters. Our faith matters. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So if, because your faith matters, your faith can grow. It can change. In fact, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, he says, because your faith grows exceedingly. Your faith grows exceedingly. So our faith can grow. All living things. Listen, everything that you and I know, it came from a seed. Plants come from seeds. Animals come from seeds. People come from seeds. It's all in the seed. In fact, in Genesis 1, it says, the earth brought forth grass, an herb that yields seed according to its kind. And the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Everything comes from seed. And when I was thinking about this, I thought, well, what about the seedless watermelon? Uh, so we've got one right here. All right. And I don't know if you can see it, but there's a bunch of white seeds right here. This is a seedless watermelon. It's got a little black seed right there. That's a seedless watermelon. Do you know that seedless watermelons, they have seeds. Because everything comes from a seed. And God says his word works in you and me like a seed. The world system, it operates through seed. And God's system operates through the seed of the word of God. That seed needs to be planted in our heart. It needs to be watered. It needs to be, have time pass, and then it grows. There's laws that govern the seed that a farmer plants, but there's also laws that govern the seed of the Word of God, right? And we need to respect those laws. And one of them simply says that you plant that seed in your heart, and you make sure your heart is good ground, right? You water that seed, you meditate on that seed, and you give it time. And first, there's just going to be a blade. Then there's going to be a stalk. Then there's going to be the full ear in that corn. And then there's the harvest. And I, 
in, in one way, we can kind of say it like this, that, that you live life on levels, right? And you arrive in stages, right? You live life on levels and you arrive in stages. Uh, let, me, let me kind of explain. Uh, I, I remember I was uh, 21 years old. I was in Dallas, Texas at a Bible school. I was in my dorm room one afternoon. I was listening to a tape by missionary uh, John Garlock. And while I was listening to his tape, I, I remember very distinctly God calling me to preach. Now, something didn't happen immediately that you would see on the outside. Something happened on the inside. That promise was planted inside me. Uh, the first thing that happened was uh, I taught a Bible study to about a 12 or 13-year-old boy and, uh, at his house one day a week. And that transpired for a little while. And after several months, Jeannie and I moved to Mexico and I ended up teaching a bunch of uh, college students. We had a, a, a small church that we started, and, and I was teaching there. And that was really a second level. It was like we planted the seed, and there was just a little sprout. And then there was a sprout again as we began to minister to those university students. Then after two years, we moved out to an Indian village, and I worked with a national pastor starting churches as an evangelist. Right? And it was like another bit of that stalk kept on growing. And then after two years, we went to a Bible college and taught there and in Guadalajara, Mexico for three years and started another church. And it was like we, we finally had a leaf going off. And then we moved to Michigan and began to pastor a, a church of about 300 people on 44th Street on Granville. And, and it was like that stalk kept on growing. We didn't get the, the, the place we are today immediately. Right? But that promise of God's word just kept on growing and kept on growing as we kept on watering it and being faithful to do what we were called to do. Right? Now, the word of God has to be sown and you've got to water that word right, for it to grow. Right? Now, the, the Bible says this, the kingdom of God is if a man scatters seed on the ground. He says in, in that man, he goes to bed and he gets up and the seed produces of itself and he does not know how. So that seed that's planted, it produces and he doesn't know how. Now, listen, your heart will produce whatever you put in it. You can, you, you, you can put doubt and unbelief and lust and unforgiveness and hatred and prejudice. And you, you put things in your heart and, and your heart does not distinguish what has been planted. What you plant in your heart, your heart is going to produce. That's why it's so important that we put the word of God in our heart, right? And we put it in today and we put it in tomorrow. And we keep putting it in. Uh, over 20 years ago, I, I took uh, my, my two youngest sons. Uh, we have four kids, uh, three boys, and then our daughter last. And, but I took the two younger sons and went up to Ludington, Michigan, about 100 miles from here or so. And it was in the summer. And uh, we went salmon fishing. So we're out there and we got the captain of the boat. And we're, we're out to the north of Ludington. Uh, I'm going to guess we we're eight miles away from Ludington and two, three miles out into Lake Michigan. And we'd been fishing for about six hours and 
Captain says, you know, it's time to head back. And we're headed back towards Ludington, going across Lake Michigan. And, and there were some two to three foot waves that day, probably. And as we're bouncing across, probably doing 25, 30 miles an hour, the motor begins to sputter. You know? And uh, the captain, he immediately put the, the motor in neutral and cut the motor and lifted up the motor cover. And when he did, water just started coming into the boat. And uh, I, I remember he slammed it down and he went over and he tried to restart that motor. But by this point, that motor is so inundated by water, it won't start. And he, he grabs the radio and he screams into the radio, Mayday, Mayday, Coast Guard, Mayday, Mayday. And uh, the Coast Guard said, what's happening? He said, we're sinking. We're sinking. We, we need help. And they say, where are you? And, and he's got his Lawrence up there, and he gives them the, the, the numbers on that Lawrence. They know within 50 yards of where we are on Lake Michigan. And uh, they, they, they say, uh, we're sending out a boat right now, and we'll be there in 20 minutes. Right? Well, at this point, we're already standing in water. And, and we've probably got two minutes before the boat's going to go down, two, three minutes, and that boat's going to sink. And uh, the, the, the captain of the, of the boat, he turns to me in, in, in absolute panic. He said to me, he said, uh, I cannot swim. And uh, I remember thinking, this is a problem. Now, at that time, I was uh, competing in, in triathlons and, and I, I would swim six, seven, eight miles every week. Uh, I, I was an excellent swimmer and, and I knew how to teach him. But my first thought was, there is no time to teach him. There is no time. Right? So I said, do you have life jackets? And, and he said, yes. And I put one on each of my boys. And I literally threw them in. I picked them up and threw them in. And we were probably two miles from shore. And I pointed towards shore and I said, swim that way. And he said, why did you do that? Well, I'd seen movies where a boat sinks. And there's like this vortex thing that sucks people down. I didn't want my boys getting sucked down. So they're out. All right. And uh, I'm trying to calm our, our, our captain and uh, the boat's about to go down. And, and fortunately, what happened, there was another boat that was about a half a mile away and they saw us going down and they came over and they rescued our captain. But here's the here's the, to me the, the, the lesson from this story. You cannot wait until your boat is sinking to learn how to swim. And you can't wait until your boat is sinking to plant the word of God in your heart and to keep on watering the word of God. You see, you've got to plant God's word in your heart today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And you've got to keep watering that word because the word of God is going to produce like a seed. First, there's just going to be a blade. That blade's going to grow, and then there's going to be a leaf that's going to come off, and, and then there's going to be an ear, and then that ear's going to grow, and then the full corn is going to be in the ear. Right? It takes time. Right? You, can, you can cheat on a test at school, but you can't cheat on a seed. So, so plant the Word of God today. The Bible says this, if you faint in the day of adversity, how small is your strength or is your faith? See, when, when we plant today and keep on watering and keep on planting and keep on watering, when the day of adversity comes, because it comes into every person's life, when that day comes, we're ready because the word of God has been planted. The word of God has been watered and it is producing a harvest in our life. Say, would you please bow your heads for just a moment?
If you're watching today, wherever you're at with your with, online, if you're watching and you'd say, Pastor, I'm really not where I should be with God or I'm not right with God. At one time I lived for God, but I've drifted away. And today I want to get right with God or you don't know where you stand with God. This is what I want to do. I want to pray with you today. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray and we are going to surrender our life to Jesus. And we're going to receive the forgiveness that he has for us. And if that's you and you say, Pastor, I want to be right with God. Today, I want to receive forgiveness. Today, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer with me from your heart. Pray it out loud and make these words your own. Simply say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. I receive Jesus today as my Savior, my King. And as you enable me, I will live for you every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer that my past is gone, that I am forgiven, and that I'm a part of your family today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching and being a part of our online family. Subscribe to our channel for access to all of our videos and live services. You can also be notified when a new service becomes available if you ring the notification bell. We cannot do this without you. You can support this ministry and help us reach more people with the word by giving at reslife.org give. Thanks again for watching. Be blessed.